Welcome into the latest edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Wargle, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat writer for Rivals.com. we got a great show for you today, focusing a lot on recruiting. Wisconsin on Saturday officially landed the first commit of their 2022 class in Miles Burkett, a quarterback out of Franklin High School, a three-star prospect who committed to Wisconsin over a number of uh, MAC offers, but don't, don't let that fool you. He is a Power 5-level quarterback from in-state, the first in-state quarterback to commit to Wisconsin on a full offer since Tyler Donovan all the way back in 2003. So it's been a while since the Badgers had an in-state scholarship signal caller uh, in their program. We're going to talk to Miles about uh, how the scholarship offer came about, about his journey here over the last several months, and especially now with him wearing the recruiting hat as the representative of the 2022 class. Wisconsin's got a lot of really good in-state talent for that 2022 class, and you can bet that Miles Burkett is going to be on them very aggressively over the next several days and weeks and months. We'll also uh, talk about a new uh, preferred walk-on for the 2021 class, a kicker that Wisconsin's bringing in that was announced over uh, the last week as well. want to start off talking a little bit about Wisconsin basketball. The Badgers continue to be one of the more frustratingly inconsistent teams in the Big Ten. Wisconsin is one of the oldest teams nationally. You look at their starting lineup with four seniors. It used to be five seniors. Now you have two seniors coming off the bench. These guys have played a lot of basketball together and a lot of basketball, period, whether just at Wisconsin or in the case of Mike Potter at Ohio State and Wisconsin, in the case of Trevor Anderson at Green Bay and Wisconsin. This team should have a good core synergy to them, especially after what they did last season, winning eight straight to clinch a share of the Big Ten title. So the fact that Wisconsin cannot put together consistency over the course of the last several weeks is frustrating, I think, for a lot of people. And I know it's frustrating for head coach Greg Gard, who was very open and adamant on Saturday after an 81-71 loss at State College, uh, in State College to Penn State, that the Badgers just can't put a consistent defensive string together. I mean, you look at their last you know couple games here, more than a couple. Let's dame back to... Uh, the start of January. They beat Indiana double overtime, a game in which they did not play well, and Indiana probably deserved to win. They go and lose by 23 at Michigan in a game they were down by 40. They come back, they win two in a row. Win at Rutgers, win at home to Northwestern, a game that was pretty comfortable for Wisconsin. Then at home to Ohio State, Ohio State's turned out to be a pretty darn good team. You give up a lot in the mid-range and don't play very well defensively in a 74-62 loss. Then last Wednesday, at Maryland, you win 61-55. You get some redemption against the Terps after Maryland's four-guard lineup just blistered Wisconsin in the second half and really dominated in points in the paint. Maryland scored 38 points in that game in the paint. Wisconsin, in the second game, held them to 20. You look at this Penn State game. Wisconsin put together a really good first half. They had the lead at halftime. And then the second half, Penn State puts 50 on the board against Wisconsin. Shoot over 50% from the field. Wisconsin could not guard dribble penetration, could not defend to save their lives. They shot the ball well, Wisconsin did, but it didn't matter when Penn State is averaging about 1.3 points per possession. And the thing that frustrated a lot of people, great guard including, including the players, is that Penn State has a similar lineup to what Maryland has. Four guards and a forward that like to dribble penetrate and get into the lane. And now Penn State is better than their record. They were 5-7 and seven entering 
the weekend against Wisconsin. They had a number of one-possession losses, a number of games where they could have taken the lead late and, and lose to teams like Michigan and Indiana. So the record's a little deceiving. But still, Penn State statistically was the worst defensive team in the Big Ten. And yet Wisconsin couldn't take advantage of that. And you look at where Wisconsin is as a program. They should be better than Penn State. I know the games in State College have been close in this series, uh, usually 10 points or less. But still, Wisconsin had won 20 in a row against Penn State. Wisconsin has a number of veterans on this team that, like I said, have played together a lot. There should be synergy with this team. Instead of the just absolute lapses in defense that we've seen. Now, to be fair, on Tuesday, they were locked in from the start. And the results show that, where Penn State shoots under 40% from the field, 25% from three-point range. They only attempt 10 free throws. The biggest thing, Penn State has 21 fast break points on Saturday and zero against Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. Wisconsin shot the ball well, too. 48% from the field, 50% from three. They got to the free throw line quite a bit, 13 of 16. That's another thing with Wisconsin, is that the Badgers don't get to the free throw line nearly as much as past Wisconsin teams. And that hurts them in games where they're playing from behind, that they can't get to the foul line with the clock stop. One positive from Tuesday night was that you saw kind of an emergence of some players. Jonathan Davis, who had not shot the ball well from the perimeter pretty much all season, he had just four three-pointers entering the game, had not made a three-pointer since the Big Ten opener against Nebraska. He went four for four from beyond the arc, had 17 points of career high. Brad Davison, who has been mired in a long shooting slump, just three for 10 from the field, but had 13 points, got to the free-throw line four times, had seven rebounds in the game, hit a big three-pointer at halftime, right before the buzzer at halftime, to give Wisconsin a lead entering the second half. And I think that kind of kickstarted thing for the kickstarted things for the Badgers. Demetri Trice didn't score a point. First time in over a calendar year he was held scrolls in a game, but six assists, one turnover. Turnovers were a big thing too. Wisconsin in that first half, eleven turnovers. They averaged eight point eight on the season. They had fifteen for the game, they only had four in the second half. Six of those turnovers came from Jonathan Davis. Trevor Anderson did some really good things in this game off the bench. Nine points, his most since scoring 11 against Louisville. He had three assists to one turnover. Nate Reavers, four or five from the field, nine points, is now in the 1,000-point club. Got there with a low post move late in the second half. So Wisconsin offensively and defensively did some really good things. They were locked in from the start. They played well. Had a couple glitches here in the, in the first half where things went awry a little bit offensively. But defensively, they were there the entire game. And that's really what Wisconsin has been for the last 20, 25, 30 years, ever since Bull Ryan came and Greg Gard's been on staff. They've been a team that establishes themselves on the defensive side of the floor, and their offense kind of sparks because of that. You look at the rebounding in this game. Wisconsin, 36 rebounds. Out-rebounded Penn State by 28. 17 second chance points off 12 offensive rebounds. They were aggressive in this game. That's been missing over the course of this Big Ten season for Wisconsin, at least missing on a game-to-game basis. There's been too many ebbs and flows. Now, Grant, the Big Ten's really good this year. I mean, you look at the latest uh, AP rankings with the number of teams ranked in the top 25. You look at the metrics that the Big Ten is one of the best teams, if not the best 
one of the best conferences, if not the best conference in college basketball, that Wisconsin and a lot of other teams were struggling. Uh, I think after the Maryland game uh, on January 27th, they showed a graphic on the Big Ten Network that no one in the, in the league had more than two consecutive wins. So teams are going to kind of knock each other off, and it's going to be one of those, those slugfests from start to finish. But the point is, is that a lot of these wounds that Wisconsin is suffering are self-inflicted because the Badgers haven't been able to lock in on the defensive end of the floor. Just looking at the Big Ten losses that they had, Maryland, second half, 38 points in the paint overall, but second half, they couldn't stop dribble penetration. Maryland did some good things, but Wisconsin wasn't able to adjust. Same thing for the loss at Penn State. The game in Michigan, they were just off the entire game defensively. And Michigan shot the ball exceptionally well in that game, too. So you have to give a little bit of credit to Michigan, as, as much as it pains me to say that coming out of my mouth. Ohio State, kind of the same thing. Wisconsin wasn't good enough defensively. They weren't able to handle the, the the ball screens and the high switches and different things that allowed Ohio State to really attack Wisconsin in the mid-range. And now, to be fair, Penn State and Ohio State both hit some tough shots. But as Greg Gard said on Saturday, it's the confidence that Wisconsin gave these teams early that allowed them to have the wherewithal and the confidence to shoot those tough shots. And it's like throwing the ball into the ocean. So Wisconsin took that away from Maryland in the second matchup and took that away from Penn State in the second matchup. Wisconsin continues to avoid getting swept by teams over the course of the last two years. I believe it's eight in a row now that in games Wisconsin has lost to a team. In the rematch, Wisconsin has beaten that team. So that's a good thing. It's also a good thing, too, that Wisconsin hasn't lost more than one in a row all season. They've rebounded from each of these losses with convincing wins in the next game. After losing at Marquette, they came back with a big win, home win, against Rhode Island. After Michigan, uh, excuse me, after losing to Maryland, they dominated Minnesota at home. After Michigan, they they won at Rutgers. After Ohio State, Maryland. After Penn State, you beat Penn State. So that's a good thing. The problem is, is that Wisconsin's losing these games in the first place that they really can ill afford to lose. Because we're now getting into crunch time down the stretch here, where Wisconsin has to put something together in order to contend for a Big Ten championship. Now, over the last two seasons, Wisconsin is 17-4 and in regular season games in February and March. They play their best basketball in the second half of the season. Wisconsin's always kind of been that way. And you look at the NCAA tournament projections for Wisconsin, they're going to be a top-five seed, maybe a four-seed. Kind of depends on how things shake out here because of how good the Big Ten is, where you get all of these quad one and quad two wins. Penn State is 6-7, and seven, or now they're six and eight, and yet that was still a quad one win for Wisconsin because the Nittany Lions ranked in the top 30 of the net rankings. Badgers, I believe, are nine and five against uh, teams in, in quad one and quad two. So Wisconsin's putting together a quality profile, but how will that change here over the next month? On Saturday, Wisconsin is going to Illinois. After that, in theory, they're going to play at Nebraska. Nebraska's been on pause. I think they're going to try to play this weekend for the first time in over a month. Michigan on Valentine's Day. Michigan's currently on pause. Then you have a top 10 game against Iowa at home at Northwestern, a rematch against Illinois. Illinois is 15th right now at Purdue, Mackey Arena. Always tough to play in, but no fans this year. Then you close the year at Iowa. Illinois is going to test Wisconsin offensively. 
Illinois is second in the Big Ten in scoring, 82.2 points per game. They are second in field goals. They are shooting 50.1% from the field. They are very good uh, defensively, too. I should point out they are holding teams to just 40.8% from the field. But where Illinois gets a lot of its points is from the three-point arc. They are shooting 39.7% from beyond the three-point arc that is best in the Big Ten. Illinois also doesn't really get to the free throw line as much. Uh, they're just shooting 70.1% from the field on 378 attempts. That's 10th in the league. But still, Wisconsin is pretty good at not following. Illinois is 5th, I should say, in the Big Ten and getting to the free throw line. But Wisconsin is still number one in the Big Ten in defense. They're allowing 62.5 points per game. Even despite some of these kind of ugly blemishes on their resume here over the last month, Wisconsin is still a team that prides itself on setting the tone defensively. Second in the Big Ten, too, in field goal percentage defense at 40.4%, just trailing Michigan. Second in the Big Ten at three-point percentage defense, 31.9, just a tenth of a percentage point behind Rutgers. So Wisconsin needs to string things together here because they're going to start playing some really good offensive teams like Iowa. Iowa's number one here in the Big Ten in scoring two games against them. Illinois, two games against them. Michigan's third, 79.7. They have another game against them, and we all know what Wisconsin was, what, what Michigan did to Wisconsin here last month. So the Badgers need to be able to string things together here. That's the only way that this team is going to make a run, not just in the Big Ten regular season, but in the postseason. Because you look at where this team is, they could be really good next year. These guys all could come back. It's doubtful they all will, but this could be their last gasp here to kind of have this ship righted. And now the ship looked good on Tuesday. Again, it's against Penn State, though. Can Wisconsin do what they did to Penn State against Illinois, against an Iowa, against a Michigan? Can they start to get things moving in the right direction? before it's too late and Wisconsin's looking up at someone else holding up the Big Ten regular season trophy. You are listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. National Signing Day was Wednesday for the Badgers. Wisconsin didn't sign any scholarship players. They did all that damage in December, but they moved up one spot in the rankings. They are now 14th in the country. That is the best mark in the history of rivals recruiting rankings for the University of Wisconsin. And the Badgers are up to a good start in 2022 with Miles Burkett, a quarterback out of Franklin, joining the program. Our honored guest this week had scholarship offers from Bowling Green, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Miami of Ohio, and Northern Illinois. But it was a scholarship offer from the University of Wisconsin last month that has changed his life. We welcome in the first commit of the 2022 Badgers recruiting class, Miles Burkett, to the podcast. Miles, that's a... That must have a pretty nice ring to it, right? University of Wisconsin oh. commit. Oh yeah, you know something usually bounces among kids, so uh, rings good to the ears every day. Tell me about that day on January twenty-first when you talked to Paul Chris, the head coach of Wisconsin, obviously, and he gave you that scholarship offer. What what went through your mind? Uh, it was crazy, you know. You know, trying to stay composed, you know, talking to Coach Chris. And, but at the same time, you, you're, you're screaming in your head like a little kid on Christmas. But um, it was crazy. You know, I was super excited. It was the offer I always wanted, and I finally got it. So uh, when I got it, I, you know, I didn't hesitate to take it. So uh, it was just a whirlwind of emotions. But, uh, 
had to compose myself, and I'm really glad that uh, I'm going to be a Badger. Why come in on the spot? Just because you knew that this was what you wanted, that nothing else, any offer from any other school was going to change your mind, that you were that locked in to what Wisconsin had to offer you from an athletic and academic and a social standpoint? Um, I knew it was a spot for me since I was six years old. Like, <laughs> talking about a little kid who always wanted to go there, going to Badger games, and knowing this was the spot for me. And also looking at the academic standpoint where it's one of the best schools in the country so um just all the factors that went together to just you know assure me that that decision had to be made and it had to be made quick uh you know it's an hour away from mom and dad an hour away from friends and family and you know it's it's a it's a life-changing opportunity that coach chris gave me i just, I just couldn't say no did you catch coach chris off guard with how quickly you uh you committed probably during that zoom phone call yeah you know i can i committed probably the day after so uh, you know you, you don't usually get commits that early but uh, mm -hmm. I know he was super excited and I was super excited coaching staff was super excited so um, you know I just had to get it done with quick because I knew I, uh, I needed to be a Badger and uh, the family wanted me to be a Badger so uh, just really excited. How often did you get up to Camp Randall growing up um, throughout elementary school, middle school and high school? Uh, I've been there a lot. Um, lots of games you know, even just going up to Madison and just, you know, checking the place out and just, you know, thinking about me playing there, thinking about me putting on the badge and uniform. Uh, and now I just think that uh, a year from now I'll be walking on the campus as a, as a Badger football player. It's, it's just crazy, you know. I know I was talking to my dad the other day, like the first time I walk, I walk into Camp Randall on a game day, it's probably going to be one of the craziest moments in my life. So, um, like I said, I'm super excited. I'm just really looking forward to it. I remember my first game at, at Camp Randall um, when I was kind of starting out, and I remember just the atmosphere of it. Um, you know, the stadium looked a little bit different than it does now, but certainly it made an impact. I still remember vividly how the game went uh, between Wisconsin and Fresno State w way, way long time ago. Uh, what about you? What, what, what game did you go to? What do you remember from that game, and how did it leave that last impact on you that it kind of leads you to where we are today? Um, I, th I think my first game was Wisconsin versus Nebraska, and I think they were both, like, top ten. Okay. I know Russell Wilson was there. You were at tw the, the 2011 game. I remember this. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, I don't really remember all of it about it since it was so long ago, but I just remember just the, the pure experience and just the atmosphere of a, a night game at Camp Randall and um, just me thinking about, like, you know, what if it was me down there or, you know, just looking at, just watching Russell Wilson play with such finesse and just the way that I emulate my game after him, it was just all came together just be like, you know, it'd be super cool to play there and just play like Russell Wilson. So that's the game I remember the most as, as a young kid. Your offensive coordinator at, at Franklin told us that that you study a lot of Russell Wilson. He also says you study a lot of Aaron Rodgers. So, you I mean, you have two pretty good role models that you're looking after, a couple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Um what have you picked up from those two players, watching them either in person or on film, and which one do you try to model your game after more? No, I probably try to model my game more after Russell Wilson, just because you know we we literally are pretty much exactly alike. Uh, uh, the measurables, the the way we play, and the the system we play in. So um, I, I try to emulate my game after him, and also I watch uh, Russell Wilson's the way he carries himself and his character, and uh, the way he leads his team. So. Um, I'd say that I try to emulate my game more after him because of his dual threat ability along with uh, just the, the making plays when the play breaks down. But then uh, 
when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I like to watch his quick release, um, his third, his second and third progressive reads, and just the way that he can get the ball to, to any guy at any time. So, you know, my whole goal over the last couple of years is just, you know, pick up the little things from those two. Because obviously those two are some are two of the best at their position at the highest level. So, um, you know, my goal is to try to play, play like them and emulate myself after them and, you know, hopefully one day accumulate the, the success they have. Both those guys do a great job with their accuracy, and both can make any throw to any spot. And we obviously saw that this year, I think, with both players. Both Russell was in the conversation for MVP early, and, and Aaron's probably going to win the MVP. You know, I know that you don't have the biggest cannon of an arm in the world, but your coaches and your film states that you are a pretty accurate quarterback and that you can make the throws. Was that just natural for you that you can get the ball where it needs to go, or is that something that you really had to work on and that was a weakness of your game that has now become one of your strengths? Um, you know, ever, ever since I started playing quarterback, I've never been the kid to be able to throw the ball 50 yards. Um, you know, over time, my arm strength got better over the time I got older and stronger, but um, going up playing quarterback, I always focused on the accuracy part because I knew the accuracy was going to separate myself from the other guys. I was to be able to help my team win and make the guys around me better. So my whole goal is to, you know, I may not be able to throw the ball and launch it as far as some of these guys, but I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the ball to the playmakers and the guys who can score the touchdowns. So um, I've always focused on the accuracy part of my game and over time it became the thing I'm known for is my my uh, my good accuracy. So um, I feel like I can make the plays and throw in the windows that uh, the guys with the big arms really can't. Again, we're talking with Miles Burkett, new Wisconsin commit here in the 2022 class here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Miles, you know, your pandemic-shortened fall season for you. You get five games in. You throw for over 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, what do you think you gained uh, playing an abbreviated season, and how do you think you grew uh, from from your 2019 year into this year? Uh, my 2019 year as a sophomore, you know, was my first year in it. I was really, it was really more of a testing the waters type of year and just really trying to figure out where I am. So, um, obviously, somewhere I, I felt I had a good season, but I just felt like, you know, it wasn't really my solidifying season. And I know for most quarterbacks around the country, their junior season is probably their most important season when it comes to scholarships and really putting up those numbers. So, um, freshman or sophomore year, I really went from being solid, but my numbers and my impact wasn't immense to junior year. I'm throwing for almost 250 yards a game and really trying to make an impact to lead my team. So I feel like from sophomore to junior year, it was more of the the takeover and taking over as a leader mm-hmm. type role versus sophomore year, just trying to play within the system and try to help my team win. So I feel like that's where I really grew from sophomore to junior year. You know, watching your tape, Miles, it seems like you have really good confidence with the pro-style offense, which is probably the reason why Wisconsin offered you a scholarship. But you know, you aren't afraid to move the pocket, and you even seem to do a little bit of some spread formation things, kind of like what Russell did back in 2011 when he was here. Has that development always kind of been in your forte? Like, have you always been comfortable doing both things, or is that something that you really had to work on to kind of make that extra dimension a part of your natural skill set? Um, I feel like it's something I actually had to build upon and actually had to work on. Because um, in my middle school days when I was playing quarterback, I was more of the guy who was going to run for 20 yards and 
throw for 100 yards. You know, I was really more of a Lamar Jackson-type quarterback, you know. And my dad told me one day when I was about seventh grade that if you're going to do that, you're not going to play quarterback for long. And it really resonated with me that um, if I really want to do this for a long time, i got, I got to really learn how to sit in the pocket and make these throws. So it was something when middle school and freshman year that I had to really learn that I can't just run around uh, and make plays. And uh, I learned the hard way sophomore year when I actually tore my MCL in the level three game because I was trying to scramble too much. So I looked at junior year as, okay, I know I can run, but I got to work on sitting in the pocket and making these throws. So junior year is when I, I know you can see how my film is. I'm really just going to sit in the pocket and make the throws and break down the defense. And then when I can, and when the opportunity opens up, then I'll take off and run. So I feel like that's something that can uh, confuse defenses is my ability to not just take off and run like Lamar Jackson, but um, I can still sit in the pocket and make throws. And then if, if, if everything breaks down, I still have that option to uh, take off and run. Was that easy for you to make that switch? I mean, were there times in games where you were thinking that you were going to take off and you almost had to catch yourself? Or did you just kind of play with that instinct of, you know, I need to make the throws, and if not, i got to move here or here, and if that's not working, then I'm just going to make the move and go? Oh, yeah. Um, I know uh, playing quarterback, even my freshman year, I was always I always got uh, uh, confused because I was always so frantic to get out of the pocket and get out of the pocket, and then now our receivers and the routes are broken up, and now the play is broken down, now I have to run, versus now I look at the, I look at the scheming from now, okay, Stay in the pocket, you know, go through your progressions and go through your reads. And if it's not there, now take off. So it was definitely something that was difficult to adjust to, but uh, over time I became more confident. And now I'm more, I'm more confident in the, in the pocket than I am anywhere. So um, I'm just glad that I was able to, you know, figure that out and make that switch. Where do you think your strengths are right now as a quarterback, and what are some of your, your weaknesses? What, what are some areas you know you have a good foundation built, and what are some areas that you know you know you need to clean some things up uh, going into 2021, going into college, and going beyond that? Um, I think some of my strengths are uh, my, my accuracy, definitely. I think I can put the ball anywhere on the field. Um, I also think my, uh, my uh, second, third progression reads and my second, third progression throws are another one of my strengths, and also my ability to run. And then I think uh, some of my weaknesses are probably under center. So obviously playing at Wisconsin, that's something that I'm going to be doing a lot. So it's been something that over the past few weeks and the past few months, I've actually been working more primarily under center. I even talked to my offensive coordinator at Franklin uh, to say, like, you know, at practice or even in games, I'm going to start doing some under center stuff. So I'm, I'm getting a lot more comfortable. And I'm, you know, I'm comfortable under center, but obviously that's something I have to become a pro at when I get to Wisconsin, so that's probably my weakness right now. Your quote is saying that Coach Chris loves the person that that you are. Um, what kind of person are you? Do you think? What do you think? Uh, what do you think your characteristics m- meld with what he wants in his program, and especially at that position? You know, I'm, I'm a guy who really wants to win, and I'm a guy who really wants to make his teammates better. Um, you know, I'm I'm. I'm really a guy who just wants to lead his team and do anything to win. My whole life, I've, I've really, my whole motto has been at all costs, you know. Do anything to win and do anything to make your teammates better. Do anything to leave a legacy at your school or wherever you're doing. So um, I feel like I'm a guy who's really just going to come in and try to be a good teammate, try to inspire others, and uh, really try to lead a team no matter uh, if it's freshman, sophomore, or senior year. You sound a little bit like uh, Braylon Allen, um, who was originally the first commit 
in this class before he reclassified. I know you two are close. I know you two have texted quite a bit over the course of the last several months. Uh, how, how has that relationship with, with Braylon helped you both on the field and off the field, especially with him committing to Wisconsin and probably being able to chance to pick his brain a little bit? Um, yeah, over the past year, me and Braylon got super close. Like, I know uh, he stayed at my house for a weekend. Uh, he's been down here. We've hung out. Um, but, yeah, that's a guy that has become one of my better friends over time. So um, knowing that the opportunity there was to play with him and be able to you know, continue our friendship past just high school, uh, it was something that definitely went into uh, my decision to commit to Wisconsin. So um, I'm glad I'll be able to play with Braylon and not against him because, yeah, I know as any, anybody could say, he's probably one of the, the hardest players in the country, in my opinion. You know, that dude can lift, can lift any weight that you give to him. So um, I'm looking forward to play with him and uh, a bunch of other guys on the team too. So um, I'm just excited that uh, our friendship will grow, will grow and uh, will continue. You know, there's a certain responsibility, I think, with committing uh, early in a class. Uh, that's kind of what Braylon's role was when he committed in 20, for the 2021. He kind of, or excuse me, for, for your class, 2022. He, he got on 2022 kids. He was being very vocal. And then now that torch has kind of been passed to you as the first guy. I mean, kids are going to, you know, want to hear from you why you picked Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at, hey, there's a quarterback commit here. They're going to look up your tape and they're going to, you know, be impressed, hopefully, by what they see and they're going to want to join the program. Um, you know, you've already had that leadership role down playing quarterback. So how do you feel about being a recruiting leader now for your class in 2022? Um, I definitely take it to heart. You know, I've already already put on my recruiter cap, as some people will say, and uh, I really start getting after guys because I really want to bring the best of the best to come play with me at Wisconsin. So, um, you know, it's definitely a challenge, and it's definitely a, it's definitely a role that's a hard role when you're the only guy. But um, it's definitely a role that I take on and I challenge myself to really just try to bring in the guys with the best character and the best uh, abilities to come help us win a national championship. And that's my goal right now. I know um, I'm going to use my relationships with the guys in states, like Billy, uh, Joe, uh, Isaac, and Carson. Uh, those are really good players, and, they, and they're going to deserve all the love that they get. But, uh, um, you know, they belong in Wisconsin, they belong at home. So uh, I'm going to do my due diligence, uh, do my research. Look for the guys who really fit, who are the type of guys you want to play with that uh, bring some talent to Wisconsin. You might have to get in Jerry Cross's ear, too. Can't let him go over to Penn State. Can't let a good can't, can't let a good target in the passing game, Miles, just escape, right? Yeah, uh, you know, me and Jerry, we got pretty close, too. You know, um, he's committed to Penn State, obviously, but, uh, you know, if, if it was up to me, I'd really want to see him... Uh, up in Madison with us, so yeah, I've still been in his ear. You know, I'm still, you know, keeping him in check. You know, trying to put Wisconsin in his head every day just to make sure that you know he still knows what that we're here. So um, we'll see what happens with him. But you know, hope for the best. Uh, but uh, obviously, um, he's going to go play at Penn State, and uh, you know, I hope for the best for him. What's more important, do you think, for you right now, Miles? Is it getting those in-state kids to kind of build the foundation, the in-state wall, make sure that's intact? Or is it kind of going after the tailbacks and the wide receivers, guys who are hopefully going to make your life a little bit easier down the road? Um, you know, definitely trying to get these in-state guys first. Um, and not, not only are we just looking at just in-state guys, looking at uh, some nationally ranked top players. So mm-hmm. uh, for them to come with me, it will definitely – uh, set the standard that we're bringing in the best of the best to Wisconsin. So, um, you know, these guys, they, they, all, they all love Wisconsin. They all really like the program, and they're all they're all homers. So um, they definitely got that feeling like I do for Wisconsin. So 
uh, definitely trying to get those in-state guys first. But, you know, I'm already looking at these guys nationally. I'm trying to get on guys. But, uh, you know, I just really want to bring the best of the best to come play with me. I know this is a little bit down the road since you have a whole another uh, senior season to go through and then you're going to enroll early at Wisconsin, so it doesn't impact you as it would for some other guys like a Deacon Hill. But, you know, I know John Budmeyer was very close with you. Uh, he was your recruiting guy. He evaluated you. He was really involved with you. He obviously got a great promotion opportunity at Colorado State. Um, has Coach Chris kind of talked to you about what his plans are for your future position coach? Because that, that matters to a degree. Uh, you need to have that good relationship with your position coach in order for you really to develop. Has Coach Chris had any conversations with you kind of about that and, and what direction he's thinking about? Yeah, so he, he called me the uh, the day that uh, Coach Bud took the position at Colorado State. He just, you know, he just tried to let me know that everything was good. You know, uh, everything was going to move forward as planned, just you know, minus Coach Bud. So um, I, I can't really speak for what they're going to do with the coaching uh, position right now, but uh, you know, it could be Coach Chris, it could be anybody. So uh, I'm just going to look forward to who it is, whoever it is, and uh, look forward to build a relationship with them as soon as possible. Uh, I'll leave you with this one. Miles, I mean, you look at where Wisconsin is right now as a program, and you know this this was a weird year for everybody. So you kind of toss this year out to the side a little bit and not really you know worry about the record and things like that. But for the most part, this this program has been right there. It's been in Big Ten championship games. It's been in Rose Bowls. It just quasi- hasn't quite taken that that next uh, jump over or that next kind of bump over into the college football playoff and going beyond. Uh, a, a lot of recruiting classes here recently have talked about the goal of getting to a national championship. Uh, you look at yourself early in 2022. You look at 2021. Braylon's class is top 15 in the country. It seems like there's a really good foundation here. What has you excited about the potential of this program over the next several years where you're going to be a part of it trying to get over that hump to that ultimate prize? I'm just excited to look at the, the quality of guys we're bringing in, both on the field and off the field. Um, I'm excited that we, we all get to play together and really try to strive for that common goal. Um, I feel like Wisconsin as a program has been there for the last few years. You know, obviously just hasn't been able to do it over that hump and uh, get to with Ohio State and to get into that college playoff. But um, I feel like the guys are bringing in and the culture we're trying to set is one that's going to be able to achieve that goal and really get into that college football playoff. So, um, you know, my goal is to get there, you know, I'm going to work hard and try to bring some guys with me and try to help get there, but um, my whole goal is, you know, come in, supply something to the team, bring something to the team to help the team better, to help the, help the team be better, and, uh, you know, I feel like that's definitely a realistic goal for us. Even in a pandemic, Miles, where there's a long recruiting dead period, you still got the offer you wanted, and you jumped on it, and you're the first in 2022. Congratulations to you. Thanks for joining us today. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we look forward to seeing you on the field uh, for Franklin here in uh, in 2021. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And again, Miles Burkett, Franklin High School in Wisconsin, southeast Wisconsin, the first commit of the 2022 recruiting class. For the Badgers. Badgers added a kicker for the 2021 class. I kind of mentioned this at the beginning, Nate Van Zels uh, from Illinois, who uh, chose Wisconsin over a couple other walk-on offers. He had a couple of mid-major offers too. Uh, he's ranked the 35th kicker in the country by Cole's Kicking. Uh, the website says that he is uh, has had strong showings and multiple events in 2020. He is one of the best field goal kickers in his class. And he has displayed excellent command of his body and control on his field goal reps. He charred well and competed well in the field goal portion of camp multiple times. 
His kickoff charts from his second showcase in June show he's capable of, show what he's capable of. Manziel's field goals are some of the cleanest in the 2021 class. He has grown into one of the top kicking prospects in his class, and we expect big things from him over the next couple of years. That should be music to the ears of a lot of Wisconsin fans, what I just read, because face it, Wisconsin's kicking uh, and really their overall special teams wasn't that great in 2020. Wisconsin really didn't have any reliability on field goals over 35 yards. Colin Larsh did a good job on those shorter kicks, but didn't doesn't really have the power leg, and that caused Wisconsin to kind of be in a, in a pinch at times this past season. Uh, and certainly, too, when you lose a weapon like Zach Hintz, there's going to be some drawback. And I think the lack of touchbacks kind of exposed a little bit in Wisconsin's issues on kickoff return coverage as well. So Badgers have some work to do in that area. And you know, Van Zels will be right in the mix there, uh, kicking with Colin Lars, Jack Van Dyke, and potentially Gavin Myers, who is both a kicker and a punter on Wisconsin's roster in 2020. Uh, his commitment, though, Van Zels doesn't impact the recruiting rankings at all. National Sign Day was just this past Wednesday. Wisconsin did not sign anybody. That's as expected. The 21 kids that they inked uh, all were in December. A number of those kids are already on campus. But Wisconsin did move up one spot in the recruiting rankings. They're ranked currently number 14th in the country. That is easily the best ranking in the history uh, of the rivals' internet era for Wisconsin. Badgers are third in the Big Ten. Ohio State, uh, you know, national runner, runners up this past season, 21 recruits. They finished second, three five stars, 14, uh, 16 four stars. Uh, just, just another really solid class. Kind of shows that what Wisconsin's competing against. They have their best class uh, in the history of the program, and yet Ohio State still some 900 points ahead of them in the recruiting rankings. And then Michigan, Michigan finished ninth. Uh, four, two of their 23 kids, 14 uh, four-star prospects. So maybe Jim Harbaugh has some talent that the next head coach will be able to coach better than he can uh, for the Wolverines. Uh, the best class, Alabama. No surprise there. Alabama probably has put together the best recruiting class in the history of recruiting rankings. It's really good. A uh, number of top prospects of the 27. They signed five rivals, five stars, 18 four-stars, Three four stars, uh, just just an overall solid class. Oregon, Texas A&M, LSU, Georgia, Clemson, USC, Michigan, and Notre Dame round out the top ten. Uh, Wisconsin just trails uh, Florida, Miami of Florida, and Oklahoma. They beat out some good schools too. Wisconsin had a better class than uh, Texas, Nebraska, Maryland snuck in uh, to the top twenty. Maryland's uh, ranked twentieth. Uh, Iowa twenty fourth, uh, Penn State twenty sixth. Uh, let's see, UCLA 30, 31, uh, Rutgers 36, Michigan State 37, Minnesota 38, uh, Oklahoma State 41, Washington 42, Auburn 43 as they go through a coaching change, Stanford 50th, Northwestern 53rd, just 16 prospects, Pat Fitzgerald signed there. So uh, Indiana 62nd, uh, Tom Allen doesn't really care, he only signed four, 14 kids, two four-stars, but you know Indiana's going to be a good program here over the next several years. Illinois, Woo Pig Suey, Brett Bielma, 72nd in the Rivals recruiting rankings. No five-star, no four-star, 12 three-star prospects in Brett's first official class at Illinois, although he inherited a lot of it from Lovey Smith. Purdue, 75th. I believe that is the last uh, Big Ten team as I kind of cruise down the rankings here. And 
yeah, that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. Sorry, that, that's kind of an odd way to end. But uh, that's our show for today. My thanks again to Miles Burkett for joining the podcast. Uh, great to talk to him. Uh, watch his film. Very talented kid. Uh, anxious to watch him kind of grow and develop here over the next several years and get on campus and you know compete with Deacon Hill and, and whoever else might be on campus for that starting quarterback job after Graham Mertz wins his second straight Heisman and goes uh, to the NFL. For all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, log on to BadgerBlitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation and follow BadgerBlitz on Twitter at Badger underscore Blitz. We will talk to you Saturday from Champaign, Illinois. Thanks, as always, for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.